Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It really means a lot that you're here. Today, Helki and I are going to be covering the topic of orbs and the phenomenon of orbs and you know more and more have been seen every day and for those of you who don't know orbs are like generally known as balls of light balls of energy sometimes they can be seen as spirits or ghosts and more so nowadays um, people are relating them to extraterrestrial or unidentified flying objects and they're generally seen as small floating self-illuminating translucent spheres of various colors yeah i love this topic um it's such a fascinating topic and it's something a lot of people have had experience of or have at least seen that ufo footage of these glowing lights in the sky so i think we're all sort of aware of the presence of orbs whether you've had a personal experience with them or not i think it's important to mention that we can see orbs with our physical eyes they can often show up afterwards in photographs and we can even see orbs during meditation yeah um we kind of want to make a distinction about the orbs that you see in photographs a lot of the time when you take a photograph and you see an orb it's often the light reflecting in a certain way off a particular piece of dust or um, just a kind of a trick of the camera lens and the way it flares in the sunlight and stuff like that. But we're referring to the phenomenon that's happening across the globe where people are seeing floating orbs with their naked eye. And sometimes they can literally just flash in to the sky and someone will see it for a brief second before it disappears. Other times they can appear in groups and sometimes they can be seen changing shapes, pulsing in and out or even flying around a specific area. There have been orb sightings at um, crop circles. There have been orb sightings around sacred sites around the world, such as the pyramids in Egypt, Machu Picchu Machu Picchu and other sites, etc., So we really want to focus on these phenomenon, reportings of orbs that people have seen with their naked eye so that we can't kind of dismiss it to the fact that sometimes we do get orbs in our camera flare or in our camera lenses. So yeah, we're just focusing specifically 
on that. And we have a number of different theories that we kind of want to explore and dive into and um, kind of relay some of our own personal experiences. Yeah. So where shall we begin? Well, I think the earliest kind of, you know, if we kind of talk about floating balls of light, I think in our earliest um, Western mythology, we kind of think of will-o'-wisps, you know, little balls of floating fire that um, illuminate forests, you know, and or even the origin of where Christmas lights came from, where the Nordic people used to see balls of floating light around trees, and they said that these were the spirits of fairies um, shining through their realm into the physical world. And we've seen kind of, we've kind of understood orbs of light as a collective, as maybe spirits, you know, um, spirits of our ancestors shining through, or spirits of the fae, of the fairy, who are kind of appearing as a glow in our dimension, in our world. So what do you think about that? Yeah, like I can't re- remember if, um, have you heard about fireflies? Yeah. Yeah. The insect. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, can't they appear like in the darkness, almost like orbs of some kind? Um, have you seen fireflies? I personally haven't, but I've read about them a lot in like fiction. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, they're real. Yeah, so that's what I was just thinking. I wonder if that kind of originated from um, people seeing them in forests and stuff. Yeah. But, like, also, I do believe in orbs, but I haven't haven't felt like orbs have represented... I've felt fairy spirit, and I had experience with it in my house before, but it was energetic. I wasn't seeing anything physically. Yeah. But um, yeah, like with orbs, I think they can come in forms of nature spirits like fairies or elves, but also angels, spirit guides. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's definitely like you, you could see like, okay, maybe if their veil was thin at a certain time on earth and maybe like, um, you know, I always see fairies or these other kind of fey realm creatures existing within another realm kind of parallel to to ours. And I was always curious, like, what if we just saw aspects of them, like, within our realm? You know, maybe we see this fairy and you always think of them as these little kind of glowing girls with wings who kind of illuminate this aura around them. And maybe at certain times, you know, they it's said that they can appear or show themselves mainly to children or people with really open minds. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a theory that, you know, possibly, you know, that could be where we started thinking about orbs. But, um, you know, I think that orbs is quite a general definition, but there's um many other reported phenomenon where they're not quite seen as glowing balls of energy but almost like they're translucent with certain shapes within them and they're they're moving 
very quickly over large distances. You know, you don't, you're not seeing them in the forest. You're seeing out them out in the open, flying in the sky. And I, I think maybe those aren't uh, fairy spirits or something like that. Because mm-hmm. you normally, if you were to see a fairy spirit, it would be normally in like a forest or somewhere. You know, I think shady. it would interact with you as well. Like there's been times where I feel like. Like this could be, a, a, I feel like with fairy spirits as well, and nat- any kind of nature, earth spirit, it can manifest in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know? So like I've interacted with little tiny beings, like tiny little white beings, uh, but they didn't have a glow because it was light enough outside for me to see them. Mm. But they were like tiny, like teeny tiny flies and almost, but they had, I could feel it was like communicating with me and it would be there one moment and I'll have a moment with it and then it would be gone, you know. So you, it kind of felt like a magical experience, but it wasn't like an orb. So that's just like my personal experience. Like I yeah. feel that interaction with the fairy spirits, but with orbs, um, I feel like more people connect with them as sort of, we're going to go into it, but some kind yeah. of ship, basically some sort yeah. of travel, traveling, like way to travel around the universe in yeah. this light sphere. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, spheres are kind of a very um accepted object within our consciousness i think if anyone were to start thinking about the soul or the spirit they might think of that you know as a as a ball of light a ball of energy you know so it wouldn't i think if there were some sort of spiritual being extra dimensional being i don't think it would be that strange for it to appear as like a sphere of light you know um, a sphere of light that guides us somewhere you know there's always these stories about like a sphere of light appearing and guiding the hero to a certain space mm-hmm. you know that um, I think like even many prophets would describe seeing a ball of light and then it grows and expands and then kind of has this revelation for them you know even when we think about the sun the sun is just this sphere of light radiating this energy towards us. So, you know, it you know it could be definitely something like a spirit that's just kind of revealing itself through light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we think about the planets, they're all spheres. You know, there might be something there. But, yeah, um, you know, that's the exploration of kind of as a spirit. And I think... Maybe there are apparitions sometimes where you see a glowing spirit of light and it it's purely that. But we want to kind of explore more theories and phenomenons. And, you know, they might be completely separate. You know, these might be different orbs with different meanings for different people, you know. Mm-hmm. So before we got kind of got into more of the spiritual topics, I wanted to kind of explain a scientific phenomenon that I think a lot of people might not know. Mm -hmm. So there's this phenomenon called ball lightning. And 
Ball lightning is an unexplained phenomenon described as a luminescent spherical object that can vary in size and are usually associated with like following thunderstorms. So people have seen these balls of light and they like move across the ground or, you know, across the earth. But it's like science is trying to say that there are these balls of lightning that and there have been reports in the 19th century of these balls exploding and leaving behind an odor of sulfur. Ew. <laughs> yeah. And I think there is a recording on YouTube of a ball lightning moving through this field. Um, so I don't know. Like, I've never even heard about that until I started doing, you know, some research into this. And... Um, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. It's some sort of like rare aerial phenomenon. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure why it happens, but it might, you know, scientists suggest it might be this abnormality where there's kind of um, air or gas within this highly charged environment, kind of creating this density plasma phenomenon, which you know, combined with the storm and everything creates this microwave radiation trapped within this plasma bubble that's kind of just set loose into the environment that's create, created from all these highly charged like electrons in the air from the lightning. So, you know, we really don't know much about um, kind of the different states of matter outside solid, liquid and gas, but Plasma is one of them. It's said to be the fourth state of matter, I think. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe there are these rare sorts of um, phenomenon that happens. And maybe people are seeing this. But how can you explain this when you're seeing it in broad daylight with no storm around? And you're seeing this ball of light moving through. Does it ever happen with no storm no they they associate it with thunderstorms and um cloud to ground lightning so yeah that's what they're they're associating it with when there's these highly charged um, so it happens outside yeah yeah although some people have even reported it coming in through a window and smashing and, and coming into the house like smashing the glass or I don't know. I think, yeah. But it coming into the house and, like, phasing out through the wall. Crazy. Like, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's... I don't feel like it, it, it would be related to, um, like, the UFO orbs. Do you? Is it, like, I don't know. I haven't researched it. It depends how, like, controlled it might seem. Or, like, does it float around? Or, yeah. Or is it just, like, you know how lightning strikes, like, poof, yeah. You know, like direct and then fizzles out straight away. Um, yeah. Like it's no, this one. Yeah, this one's said to like go long distances, like come like, close to the ground, move, move different directions. Yeah, so that yeah. is crazy. Like it's, yeah, it's amazing. Maybe that is related to orbs. Yeah, and then this is like science's way of trying to kind of explain it because I don't think it's proven actually, because I don't think there's enough people can study it enough, but I think people have 
um, tried to hypothesize what this could be. Mm. So, um, yeah, who knows? Um, so this kind of brings us on to our next theory, which is um, very kind of coming up in this kind of alien sphere and with this extraterrestrial kind of UFO um, sighters. And you can see it, especially in Stephen Greer's documentary, um, a, An Encounter of the Fifth Kind. Mm-hmm where he kind of goes into, he, he takes people on these excursions into nature and they try to contact UFOs. And there's video footage of these balls of light appearing, glowing a really bright color, and then zoop, blipping out of the sky. Yeah, and groups of people they're witnessing it as yeah. well so it can't just be said oh it's a camera trick or yeah like and these are, are people like scientists and stuff like especially like the first groups he set out with back in the day like it was normally all groups of scientists and um you know these people aren't trying to uh, make up conspiracies and stuff so yeah, I feel like his work is pretty legit. Yeah, I think um, when we're starting to talk about extra dimensional beings who are um, who have the ability to cross distances in a split second, who can, like we said before, blip in and out of materiality it's like there's nothing there and then all of a sudden there's this big glow of light and then it's gone and one of the common theories is that these beings um, are actually inhabiting aircraft or spacecraft that are an extension of their consciousness that they're so advanced that they're traveling within a living organism like a living machine a living spacecraft that these um, beings are interacting with this spacecraft on a you know kind of psychic level on a conscious level and it's not something that we would think about like that was built through maybe some exo metal or some sort of um, you know with screwed together with bolts and screws or anything so that this is this spacecraft is an extension of their consciousness. And to and the, the theory is that they're extra-dimensional beings so that their consciousness is kind of located within the astral dimensions or the astral frequencies or even like higher densities of reality. And that they can, if they so choose, wish, I mean, um, you know, choose to manifest into the three-dimensional plane so that we can see them and I've heard that it takes like a lot of energy to manifest into the third dimensional plane um so you know that could be a reason why they don't linger for very long maybe they just show that they're there and then Mm -hmm. kind of blip out um but that yeah that's an interesting theory to kind of go into that there's these extra dimensional beings that are actually here. And when we try to connect with them on a psycho spiritual level, 
they reveal themselves to us. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's consciousness. It's their consciousness, their higher consciousness, which is making them be able to travel in this form uh, of a light, basically. Um, But I also feel drawn to the fact that the orbs or the spheres of light can mean so many things. So I feel like they can hold within them so many different types of energies and beings. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like they're connected also to the angels and spirit guides and animal guides and um, even ghosts, to be honest. Uh, I think... um, it's a really interesting idea of it being a type of ship controlled by consciousness because, well, we'll go into later about that, um, but I do think it can also be like astral bodies. So it mm. could even be people here who have been able to leave their bodies and travel around in, in this like sphere of light or whether they're aware that that's what they appear to others or not um it's because they're in that type of form you know that non-physical form but it's still consciousness that belongs to someone right so it's almost just energy that's moving around without a physical form Mm. and when it becomes aware of something that's when it shows itself to that something Mm. Possibly, that's a theory yeah. I have. So they could be moving itself. around, and then they're like, "Oh, look, there's Trey," and then suddenly you—they're aware of you, and suddenly you see them, and you're aware of them, and they're like, "Oh, we've connected. We're both aware of each other." And then they either decide to pass on a message, or they disappear because it was almost just a coincidence, maybe that. Um, they became aware of you and you were aware of them but also I think orbs bring messages for us as well they they have for me and I know you and many many others many people do connect them with ghosts as well yeah I've heard that a common you know what paranormal investigators are kind of looking for is balls of light they're looking for these spirits that are ghosts um and i have never seen that before um i've never really even seen orbs before i've never seen orbs flying through the sky i haven't had that experience those ones that you saw at the pyramid yeah that was a vision i was in meditation yeah oh okay So I did have one experience of these um, race of beings that were like spheres and it was behind my closed eyes and they were, they were like these lots of different spheres and they were, there were different colors within them, different shapes. And the way they communicated was through psychic imprints, but also through the way their colors shifted. So when they experienced different emotions, their colors would shift inside, yet they would always hold this shape or 
inside them or a frequency. It was like a genetic geometry. And so you always knew which one you were communicating with because that kind of ge genetic geometry was always constant, even though there was like their, sh their colors were shifting to kind of express different emotions while they were um, transferring that through psychic images as well. And I saw all these different sphere beings, all these different sizes, some were big, some were small, and they were all connected to one another. Um, and so, yeah, that was a very kind of interesting experience. And I, I know I never really, I tried connecting with them again, and I always just felt like they were very calming beings and they would just encompass me in this like light and just make me feel very calm and safe and that's a nice message and they were really um interesting the way you described them in your drawings that you did so we will post a picture on our instagram um of those orbs that you saw because they're like very different to the orbs i see mm. so i thought that was really interesting um, for me, so physically with my own eyes, I've seen orbs quite a lot. Like it's, it's something I've seen throughout my life. So it's not even like I can pinpoint the times. And I know I've been with you a few times and I'm like, oh, there's just an orb behind you, mm. you know, and they come in, um, like that. They come in very quickly. They leave very quickly. I think it's when... Personally, for me, I feel like it's when I get in a certain zone mm. and it's when I'm in a very sort of meditative state, but I'm awake. I could be talking with someone, I could be doing anything, but I'm not even aware that I've kind of got my energy to that state. And that's when I will sometimes see things. I think I'm picking up on stuff that's already there and it's not necessarily that it was trying to connect with me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do feel like stuff is, um, orbs or energy is trying to So what to do the orbs look me. like to you? Uh, spheres, just of, of light. Okay. Normally white. If they're circular, they're normally white. So are they spheres or circular? Like two-dimensional or like three-dimensional? Probably two-dimensional because it... They, it happens so quickly and it's like a circle mm. of light. And is there anything inside the circle of light? No, it just, it's lightest on the inside. So they're like kind of transparent with like a luminescent yeah, outline? kind of transparent. I've also seen grey orbs. Okay. Um, which move slower, I've noticed from thinking about it now. So there are gray orbs, and so are these circular or spherical? Circular. Okay. And they're just completely gray inside as well? Yeah. They're like gray and transparent. Okay. But, and almost they could be a black that's transparent sometimes as well. Hmm. You know? So it kind of looks gray, but it's like dark. Yeah. Um... So that's like with my rear, with my eyes and my physical eyes. And do you eyes. see them indoors or do you see them all, all everywhere? Outdoors. Outdoors, indoors. 
and they normally will go in the background of something I'm already focused on. Mm-hmm. So say I'm looking at you or my friend and then they'll like appear um, behind them. But also I've been on my own and physically seen orbs. When I'm on my own, it can make me a bit uneasy. Because um, I guess you can get more in your head after seeing something like that. And I've always felt uneasy because I might think, is there, like, especially with the darker orbs, you know. But I'm not telling anyone um, I know exactly why I'm seeing these, what they mean, because generally when I see them with my physical eyes, I never seem to get a message what they're about. Whereas when I've had meditations and seen orbs like you, um, mm. I have more of a connection to it. So they feel like angels. Once um, this orb... But do the orb look different in your visions than they do with your eyes open? Do they appear differently? Sometimes uh, more colors when I meditate. And more spherical or still two kind of two-dimensional circles? Like, to f- I still feel like even the ones I see in physical have, like, a depth to them. Yeah. You know? But they're not but, spinning around yeah. horizontally, like, you know, they're just moving. Yeah. Um, Maybe because they're transparent, you can't see yeah, the three-dimensionality. That's it. it. But they feel, it feels physical, and it, it's, it looks exactly the same in my meditation, except sometimes I see more coloured ones. But still, in my meditation, I see more grey and white ones than anything else. Once um, I was meditating and I saw a white orb and it moved and then it turned into a hawk. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and then this I was in my bedroom, I lived alone at the time, and it, it flew, so it was an orb, like hovering in front of me for ages and I was focused on it I was feeling good about it It felt like a guide Mm. you know and um and then it moved up to the right corner like the above my bed on the right corner and that's when it transformed into a hawk and suddenly my cat who was asleep on the bed Mm. jumped up onto my headboard Mm. and was scratching at the corner of the room where where the hawk was Wow. And the hawk flew across the room and the cat jumped over my body off the bed and was like basically chasing this hawk around the room. And that was when a, a real moment of um, where I really felt connected with the hawk as a spirit guide. Um, mm. And that's a, something I love about having a familiar is it can really sort of confirm what I'm seeing. Yeah. At my cat sage has done that for me for actually a lot of things yeah that's really interesting it kind of goes back to um kind of it seems like your experience they're these spirits and it seems as if the spirits take um are kind of amorphous that they don't they're not really they don't have a form but they contain an energy And so then when they appear to you, they appear as these kind of balls or spheres of light. And 
perhaps that's something comforting to humans, you know, that I'm pretty sure that if I saw a ball of light, I would be comforted. You know, I wouldn't um, really be scared because maybe these spirits or, you know, you say that you also can't, you know, spoke with angels and stuff like that, that, you know, especially in the Old Testament, angels have a really strange appearance. Like there's different types of, you know, we, we think of angels now as like blonde haired humans with wings pretty much. And, um, you know, we or think dark of dark haired. Yeah, or dark haired. <laughs> Um, and we, yeah, (laughs) and you know, like the little cherubs that we see in like church paintings, you know, little babies with wings, everything's really cute now, but in the old Testament, there was diff, there was a hierarchy amongst the angels. Okay. So, and they all worked for God or Elohim. And so, um, these hierarchies of the angels, they were called the cherubim, the seraphim, and the oraphim. And the cherubim in the Old Testament are described as these four-headed beings. And it's the head of a human, an ox, a lion, and an eagle. Yeah, so anybody who reads tarot would know that those four heads appear on two tarot cards, one being the Wheel of Fortune and one being the World card, the Wheel of Fortune bang in the middle of the Fool's Journey and the Wheel of Fortune right at the end of the Fool's Journey. I find it so fascinating when you told me that. Yeah. And they they all represent the fixed signs in the Zodiac. So the fixed signs are the middle Mm. signs of each group. So that's Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, Aquarius and mm. Taurus. Um, and I don't know if, like... Yeah, it's just crazy how for so long um, you see these same sort of symbols showing up, right? Yeah, and they also had, I think, were described with, like, six wings around them. So they didn't have bodies. There was just these four heads <laughs> with wings kind of wrapped around them and their heads were like always turning and spinning. So like this was like an old description um, said to be seen by the prophet. And actually it was said that multiple people in this era would see the chariot of Elohim in the sky. And you know what that chariot was called? Heaven. Hmm. And very often people would like when it would pass, they would pray to be taken up to heaven. So there's an interesting theory here. But um, yeah, so there's also the seraphim, which is kind of the closest um, I think image we have to angels. So this is kind of the next rank. And these beings were seen as having one eye in the middle and eight wings surrounding them with like all these eyes on their wings. Sometimes they were depicted as just having a singular head, a human kind of face in the center with these wings surrounding them and these eyes on the wings. So imagine if you just look up to the, you know, you look up to the sky and you see this one giant eye with all these wings looking at you. And, 
you know, that's kind of a intimidating thing to face, you mm -hmm. know, and the craziest description of the highest rank of the angels is this, is these beings called the Orophim. And these beings were described as interlocking golden rings of fire. <laughs> and these were the, the beings who were said to carry the chariot of heaven across the sky. And they were these interlocking wheels, but on the surface of these rings were hundreds of eyes, just like there's a lot of eyes in these descriptions. There were just hundreds of eyes with this kind of centralized being of energy in the center, this like spherical kind of almost like fetus-like looking if you kind of, if you look into it. Um, so yeah, these are these strange beings, but like if you were to see that now, you might get scared you know, I think a lot of the time why you feel wary is because of that kind of poltergeist incident. Yeah, you know, it you happened might, when I was 15. Yeah, you kind of had a negative experience. So, you know, maybe your guides and spirits are kind of, I think it's a way to ease you into a new experience. Like perhaps they're showing up as a ball of light um, to kind of, as a comforting message. And then I think they often can transform into images that you're comfortable with. So the angels, you know, we both kind of have, you know, I don't think we both don't think that angels appear as like humans with wings. I think I think of them more as like energetic, formless frequencies that have more of a geometric shape to them. Like they 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 hold like geometric principles. They're very kind of extra dimensional and they're, they don't really look like us. But I think what humans do is that they create metaphors to understand the things that they can't conceptualize, like the ancient Egyptian netters, the gods, but they're not actually gods, they're netters, which is like principles of the universe. And um, within the Egyptian language, uh, there's many levels to it. So initiates of certain orders um, will be told the different meanings of the words where compared to like a farmer who would just be who might not be very literate so people who kind of go into the esoteric practices are told the deeper meanings behind some of the words and so when you think of like an egyptian deity such as isis or soth or hathor or anubis um, their their name means different things to the to depending on what level of kind of initiation you're in but also you learn what they stand for. There's all these metaphors around them and they represent different things within the universe. And they're not actually, you know, dog-headed gods or crocodile-headed humans. You know, everything, the reason they have a crocodile head is to represent a certain thing. Or the reason they've chosen to have this person with wings is very symbolic of something. The colors they choose are very symbolic. And we see this in pagan as well. All the goddesses and deities are kind of representing certain forces within the world. And you see it in, in Indian mythology as well. You know that the, there aren't thousands of different gods, but there are thousands of different aspects to reality that we can tune into 
and kind of, you know, like if we set up an altar for a specific deity, we know everything it stands for, um, then we can use this image as an anchor to tune in to the, the principles that they represent, the cosmic principles that they represent. Yeah. I do definitely think, so I feel personally, just for me, I feel like it's so true that our consciousness like depicts how we receive and see um, energy beings. And I think a sphere of light is universally acceptable for anybody, you know? It's then what happens after that, right? If it, if, for example, when that uh, orb I saw in my meditation turned into the hawk, who I already had, had a, mm-hmm. a connection with a, as a guide. Yeah. Um, but I still think it is a certain energy, just like angels hold a certain energy, Jesus holds a certain energy, but it's going to show up in how the person who's receiving it will accept it. Yeah. yeah, especially if it's trying to commune a message with that person. It's not going to get anywhere if it, the person is so distracted by the eight heads and the octopus arms that this being <laughs> has, you know? Yeah. How are they going to receive the message? Because it's like, I can't stop freaking out by the fact that I've even seen this gnarly-looking being, you yeah. know? So, like, for me, I also think it's like, how, how can you you as a consciousness most easily get understand um integrate the message that spirit's trying to give you it will always come in the form that's the easiest for that person to accept whether they even realize it or not i feel like a really good example for me like being brought up by atheist parents being agnostic then finding my own spirituality i don't have any you know, you know, oh, you know, connection with any religion or any. My connection has been with, through the tarot, yeah, and the archetypes in the tarot that I discovered myself, you know, as I was an adult. So when I started working with Sekhmet, who's a Egyptian goddess, I remember like I didn't know a lot about. Um, you know, other Egyptian gods, but I just felt this calling and I had a lot of signs that were calling me to work with Sekhmet. And when I did end up having an experience with her through a vision, she led me straight to the hermit who had already been working with as an archetype for the previous two years. And that message came through to me so clearly through the hermit, even though I was trying to work with Sekhmet, mm. you know? And I think... Well, yeah, if you think about, like, the netters are principles, you know? She still appeared to me, but... And she was working with me, because she led me there, but at the end of the day, she knew for me to receive the message that I still needed to work on and integrate, it was through an archetype that I really understood. Yeah. You know? through um for some people it might come through as a religious uh you know person or an angel you know 
even though I have had angel experiences too that have come through as like men with wings. Um, yeah, they appear as so that you're not, you know, blinded by... I think that's why we kind of... I think a lot of... We're learning to open up and accept different differences, you know, because sometimes things that are so far away from what we are can be scary. It can be like a terrifying experience. Um, and even in like the Vedas, when Arjuna, who's this like archer, asks Krishna to reveal his true form, it terrifies him because he sees that, you know, Krishna is like kind of the example of God in this story that Krishna's form is altogether beautiful and terrifying. You know, it's this description that like when he beheld the eyes of, you know, the true form of the universe and, and God, that he begged for him to return to his kind of avatar form, which was like this blue man, mm -hmm. you know, he like begged him. So it's like, you know, we can, there's, there's a lot of stories where it's like, you know, if like a extra dimensional being or, you know, an angel was like, if I were to show you my true form, your eyes would burn, you know, or you would, your mind would break, you know, because we can't quite comprehend those things until we begin to evolve and to evolve our consciousness. So I feel like, um, from my personal experience that I've always got the message that most of these beings they don't have forms it's created by the consciousness that's receiving them mm -hmm. you know they are just energy and they don't have a physical form because they don't live in this 3d world where you need a physical form to to create yeah. and live and experience they become physical so that we can experience them in this 3D realm. And it's the eye of the receiver. It's kind of that saying, like, beauty's in the eye of the receiver, right? Because it's like, however you want to receive them, you they will appear. Whether you consciously know that you're influenced in how they appear or not, you are, you know? Mm. It's like where you are really into the alien aesthetic. So you bring a lot of alien um, experiences and visions to you well i don't know if i generated that because i wasn't into aliens i didn't believe in aliens yeah, you know but when you was young you loved like alien content and like cartoons that were like spacey and yeah alien i think naturally I as think a kid it, yeah. i just mean like what we generally you know are interested in or mm. like especially when we were young you but know? i don't know if all of them have no form i can't i don't think we can generalize that i think some may no, have I was a form just from my perspective yeah i think some beings are formless beings and there's other beings who do have form i think even if the form is geometric in shape it might be such a complex multi-dimensional geometric existence that we it would break our mind to try and understand it. You know what I mean? Like angles and things that we can't even comprehend happening, you know, you know, like what if, like when Krishna appeared, he, the thing that scared Arjuna most was that he also showed him that he was the entirety of the destruction and death of the universe. He showed him that full, you know, aspect of himself. So yeah, I think, yeah, you're right though. Cause like, Many beings. I, I don't think, know if I'm right. It's like that's what I feel. 
like most resonates in in my gut, you know, with me. Like yeah. I I'm not discrediting um that that beings from other ra- other dimensions could have form. It's just that's what makes sense for me. Yeah. You know, that's all. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, and I think like orbs or spheres if we think about just like you know, even us we're on a sphere and it's like a cradle for our consciousness to exist upon it's like mm-hmm. our nest you know spheres are very you know um relatable objects you know what i was thinking about with the sphere um when we were talking about it today i was like thinking it kind of reminds me of the negative female energy which is like the womb and it holds yeah mm. so these spheres are like holding consciousness as it's traveling from one dimension to another and it's almost like the penetrator the penis the the Mm -hmm. male energy is the consciousness because the consciousness because the male energy is always pushing outwards and driving like that's that um, positive energy of the adventurer it's that probing energy of i want to seek i want to seek whereas the negative more feminine energy not talking male female by the way and is a holder of yeah a container a container and And i think the sphere has that kind of energy and then the consciousness that's within it is that positive so it's that positive and negative again and of course that's why it's showing up in this reality where you know we are in a reality of polarity in the 3D realm, we everything works with that positive and negative energy, and yeah. I, I was, I don't know why I forgot to mention it, but don't you think that kind of makes that sense with the sphere? Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, it's the container, it's the womb. Um, so talking about consciousness, we wanted to move on to a very interesting account from a yogi and he writes about it in the play of consciousness and his name is Swami Muktananda play of consciousness is the title of the book and when I first started kind of waking up um, I remember starting to I kept seeing this blue star it was either when I was in a great moments of joy I would see this blue star sparkle in the sky and then it would disappear. It was as if it was right next to me and super distant at the same time, like a speck of light, just how you see the stars in the sky, but it was like right in front of me. Or um, I would see it you floating see it in the sky. Eyes. I see it with my physical right eyes. Well, yeah. And the more I meditated, I would begin to see this blue star in my vision as well, in my closed eyes. And then um i would i remember going for my first reiki session and just like opening my eyes after the reiki session full of energy and just seeing this blue star just hovering there and i tried to ask the reiki practitioner like what is this and he's like i don't know i'm not sure but this is i'm sure it's relevant to your own experience and to keep exploring what that is for you you know and that was kind of the first experience and I started looking it all up and kind of was like fairies energy, you know, I was asking people, I couldn't really find an answer to it. And sometimes when I was very, very honed in, in a very meditative state while I was walking through life, the star would appear and stay. And when it stayed, 
it was like everything, this peaceful silence just kind of emanated from it. And the second I thought about it, the second I tried to label it, the second I thought and kind of, it would disappear. And even when I first met Helki, the blue star appeared in the corner of her eye, you know, so I really am not, you know, I, I, I related it to many things. And eventually I went to university and was studying yogic philosophy. And I asked one of my professors if he'd ever heard about this phenomenon happening. And he's like, oh, that's strange that you should ask. Um, one of the other students just asked me yesterday, you should go and pick up this book. And so that's when I bought the book at the bookstore. And in this book, he, this yogi talks about a blue star and seeing a blue star in his meditation. And he kind of describes the stages and there's multiple stages. If you really want to read about it, you should look by the play of consciousness. And, but eventually he starts talking about this blue light. He sees this blue star and it grew and grew and grew when he was in a state of pure meditation or unbroken focus. And he said, eventually, he said, though it looked small, it was large enough to contain me and it became a vehicle for his consciousness to travel. So kind of going back to all the other things we were talking about just before, um, you know, with astral entities or extra dimensional beings traveling through this. And he said it took him to different worlds, you know, took him through the cosmos, took him through space, and he was able to travel around in this sphere of light and he said that the part of him that traveled was the atman and the atman in in this context is the individualized soul it's the realized self within the truly realized self within and he said that he many beings appeared to him realized enlightened beings appeared to him always surrounded in a sphere of blue light in this radiating from this blue star or sometimes he refers to the container as a blue pearl that's holding these beings and so that's very interesting to conceptualize that maybe these extra dimensional beings have ha found their true realized nature, their Atman, their enlightened self, and can harness this technology, this spiritual technology, and the technology of the blue orb, the blue star, to travel throughout the cosmos. And if you think that it's a vehicle for consciousness, and if these beings have left behind their bodies and kind of realized different um, levels of reality that perhaps they can shift in and out of different dimensions shift in and out of different realms and densities and perhaps for a moment appear and physicalize in a bright flash as a blue orb or colored orb and then disappear again yeah when you told me this story today um from the play of consciousness it really struck me and i had like a big aha moment 
where I was sort of connecting it with all these sort of alien documentaries I've watched and thinking, yeah, like that just makes so much sense that um, they would be going out of, so say if they are on a planet, you know, so yeah. far away from here that would literally take a million years to travel or more. Um, but they're like here in a flash. It makes so much sense that they've come out of body cause because mm. they're of a higher consciousness and they've appeared here. Yeah. And it's just like um, it's Stephen Gear, right? Stephen Greer, yeah. Yeah, he was saying like how you call them is you go to them and you call them and you ask them to appear here, the aliens, right? Yeah. And you've asked them to appear here. That they're not gonna like okay, pack up lunch, grab a flask, yeah. Let's get in the ship. Yeah. Stephen's called us. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be like okay, sit down, meditate. Yeah. And I'll be there in a instant. Yeah. Right. It makes so much sense. I think we've been so focused on everything. Like these are physical. These are physical. How are they getting here? Yeah. For me, it just makes sense that it's a consciousness thing. Yeah. And like even with the very little out-of-body experience I've had and the, the many astral travels you've had, you know, and how you can instantly be places, you know, it's not much more of a step ahead to then create this orb and a ship, right? Mm. Yeah. You need to travel. Yeah. It's not actually that far ahead of out-of-body. And who's to say when we go out-of-body into our astral forms that we're not just appearing as theistaba people whether yeah. we feel like we're still in some type of body or not yeah. used to say we don't just look like a ball of energy yeah. to others yeah you know we don't really know and yeah. um, but that to me makes so much sense it resonates so deeply yeah so while you were talking just i completely remembered something that i had watched and it was this document, I mean, it's this movie that you guys should all check out. And it's called The Fantastic Planet. You can find the full movie on YouTube. But in it, I'm going to show Helky right now. There is this blue alien kind of looking person. And they do this thing. Like, they don't have much extracurricular activities. But they do this thing where they meditate and... As they're meditating, their eyes kind of gloss over and they go into a trance and a sphere manifests. Oh, how interesting. And they're inside the sphere. Yeah. It's their spirit inside the sphere and they go and travel around in these little spheres. And so you see that this whole society um, in, kind of partakes in this activity and you can see that a bunch of them are like floating around in these little spheres and they just are like traveling around. Yeah. You know, it's like exactly what we were talking yeah, about. Exactly. You know? and, it's just, and that's what from 1973. Yeah, 1973. And this is, you know, just what this is how I imagined because he said he hid the Atman is like the size of a sesame seed. The Atman, the individualized self, the soul. I don't know like why he relates it to the size of a sesame seed. But it's, oh no, no, a thumb-sized being, he says. It's like this tiny thumb-sized being. And 
So if you think about it, like in these little spheres, I can just see him traveling around in a blue sphere, you know, and in this movie, they're traveling around in these like red spheres. And um, I don't know, they just like hover around and it's it's in deep meditation. So you guys should go and check that out to kind of see what we're talking about. And yeah. Yeah. So I I think that was like really interesting, um, you know, realization to sort of have today and connect, like connecting the dots basically. And I feel like that is what our spiritual journey is all about. It's sort of, we get information here and information there. And then someone comes in like traded with that book today and it just like slotted in and suddenly I just felt like a a complete understanding of the orb um at least that type of orb you know because I do believe you know there's probably different types of orbs and that was something I wanted to touch on was like that you can see I feel like energy can manifest for different things um like very briefly I see energy wisps a lot Mm -hmm. particularly like grey wisps and um, again it's when I'm in that sort of meditative but awake open-eyed state I guess an open-eyed meditation and um, or when I come out of meditation and they have that same energy of the the floating energy of the orb but it doesn't like the difference is is that it doesn't feel like a consciousness like it's not like a being but it's like an energy and so recently it happened when we went to a stone circle and I was seeing these energy wisps and also when I first met Trey um we were like sitting in Richmond Park and I just saw these like shards of light shooting up almost like sparklers in the sky like or like little fireworks kind of Mm. you know but they were like look like crystals but they were moving like fireworks Mm. um because i often see like sparkles yeah you know like like little tiny sparks of light like little you know stars but like sparkling around but but not like a sparkler you wave no but like when you light it and it goes yeah like that Yeah. yeah um so i think I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like that is sort of um, energy. And I, I think it's because, like, for example, when it happened with Trey is that was um, a connection that was sort of destined and was bringing me personally um, on a higher consciousness journey, making this... Um, connection with you so it was like almost like a whoo like the and I didn't know that at the time because we was just meeting as friends to hang out and stuff um but I didn't know like the journey ahead of me and it makes so much sense now you know and also because sometimes I do see people's guides um and with Trey I could see he was surrounded the first time I met him he climbed up the top of this tree and I looked up at him and he was like surrounded by about four or five different alien guides (laughs) and that was very new to Mm -hmm. me and I often see like 
nature being guides and stuff or human guides so that was the first time I'd seen like alien guides so I think energy can manifest in many different ways obviously orbs I think being the most popular but I did just want to touch on that and just say like you know guys you can really tune in to your environment especially when you're in that meditative state and see what shows up because it could be wisps it could be like sparks like me and Trey have seen and it could be orbs but I think the more we sort of um, bring awareness to that the more experiences we're going to welcome in because I know as soon as I started bringing awareness to what I was seeing I started seeing more because it's almost like spirits like it hears that you're listening. It hears that you're open to it. Yeah. It's just like um, Stephen, Dr. Stephen Greer. I've got to, I keep forgetting his name. How is it? But he said, um, you literally have to ask, you know, and that's having the openness. That you invite them in to have a connection. Yeah. It's about opening ourselves up to new experiences and to seeing these you know but I think it's like when you enter a state of open reception you're more prone to see these you know things outside of physicality um outside the confines of our what we think is real and not real and it's yeah it's really when we begin to open up the the dreaming mind into the into reality you know it's opening up the different realms of possibility I, and I think of the dreaming mind as the access to the gateway kind of you know to accessing the DMT within your body which is the vision and the third eye yeah it's you like know? being in a awakened meditation more yeah it'd be a bit like an easier way to understand that energy yeah. where your energy is the same as when you're meditating but you're awake that's why lately i've been playing more with the idea of open-eyed meditation yeah that's that's a um in the buddhist lineage of like the school i went to they say you have to have your eyes um half open loosely like staring not like staring at anything in particular just like a loose focus but having your surroundings there mm. you know and yeah, I notice that in my meditation, sometimes my eyes will be open and sometimes uh Your eyes of... are open when you sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's because my eyelids are not that big. <laughs> my eyelids are kind of small. <laughs> I've been tricking people my entire life thinking that I, my eyes are open, but I'm actually asleep. My cousin once from Ireland, she had, she was like trying to speak to me and thought I was awake and just <laughs> ignoring her because my eyes were open. And she was, like, having this argument with me, like, why aren't you answering me? Why aren't you answering me? And she went and, like, go, go, like talked to my father and said, like, I don't know what Charon's doing. And he's like, oh, he's probably sleeping. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I feel like we've really covered a lot about orbs. Yeah. You do the card segment? Is there anything else you want to say while I'm putting a card? No, I think we covered a lot of it. I really think that the, you know, that these are vehicles of consciousness. And as we evolve, as we evolve, kind of, we'll start to see, you know, and as beings have evolved, they've kind of 
evolved into a form less physical than ours. And I think we can go and do this too. It's possible in deep states of meditation. Swami Muktananda said it, you know, I've, I've read other yogis who have talked about this like vehicle of consciousness and, um, you know, even hearing it through all these like extraterrestrial accounts and stuff. It's like, yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to tell Helki not to shuffle the cards because it picks up really loudly on yeah, the microphone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like that was picking up on on your stopping of the shuffling. The yeah. Seven of Swords came I, I, out. I was thinking is... <laughs> like we could just do a different like type of pull where we just like spread it on the table or something and pick yeah. a card so that we don't have that shuffling. Um, that loud shuffle. Although, sorry, hold on. I'm just going to move the microphone real quick. Okay. So, there we go. Okay. You want to pick? Pick one. All right, I'll pick one and you pick one. I like the back of these cards. Okay, so we're using the my new tarot deck, actually, which is the Angel Wisdom Tarot. By Radley Valentine. I got um, the ace. Oh no, this is the full card. <laughs> the full card is very connected with Trey's energy. So it's interesting I got that. <laughs> oh yeah. And something. Ace of, uh, oh no, it's not. It's, Ace it's of Wands. the Ace of Wands. Sorry, I'm still getting used to this deck. <laughs> because it said me. Mm. I assumed it was the full card. Mm. Cool. So the Ace of Wands and you pulled the Seven of Earth, which is the Seven of Pentacles. Cool. So mine says... An amazing opportunity. Be bold, courageous, optimistic. Now is the time to take action. Do what you're passionate about. Yeah, yeah I think for me, I think the the Ace of Wands is like we're really truly like you know, magicians. We're like we're holding the power. You know, we're you know just talking about all this. Like we can really open up to a whole new level of experiences if we have the courage to be open. You know and to strive towards an evolution, you know? And I think with the Seven of Wands, it's like, I mean, sorry, Seven of Pentacles, it's, you know, be patient, take time, and, you know, um, rest, and just let go. Um, because, you know, the seeds have been planted, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, message. I think it's interesting how he's holding up a wand in the um, Ace of Fire. And it kind of looks like a orb <laughs> at the end of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's kind of got that orb energy in there. And, um, yeah, I do think that if you're listening to this and you feel drawn to want to welcome more experiences into your life where you're able to connect with orbs and energies um, 
of a like, then know that you're at the beginning of this journey. That's the message that I feel like is coming through for you as a listener. And again, with the seven of earth, it's all about patience. Like she's looking after a garden, but it's not quite yet ready to be harvest, harvested. So you know that this is something that you have to open your energy up, which is that initiating energy of the ace. And the fire is having passion and belief in it, like knowing, believing in yourself and knowing that you can bring this experience into your life. But also knowing that it's something that will come in time of holding a certain frequency. We must hold this frequency for... Um, you know, a long period of time for us to be able to obtain the experience. So having that grounded, rooted energy within your body, which is that earth energy, that pentacle energy, but having that spark, that ambition to bring these experiences in. Nice, yeah. really well said. So now that we've come to the end and I have my very now ritualistic pattern of needing to pee incredibly badly right at the end of the podcast we're gonna pull this and bring this to an end okay guys thank you so much for listening and we wish you many cool orb sightings <laughs> check out the instagram though for the pictures too. yeah see you guys next time <laughs>